Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard, and now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner, a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I'd love to share strategies that I've earned and earned and learned with you on Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with you. I've put together an insightful and think outside the box masterclass. This 30-minute training has been specifically designed to help you learn how to get your business sale ready, even if you aren't thinking of selling it. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with having a sale-ready business. Register for free at scale2sell.biz. Okay, so I'm really excited to have my guest on today, Louis Schiff. Louis is an executive director of Birthing of Giants Fellowship Week, which is an entrepreneur school for uh, Inc. 5000 and other owners of fast-growing entrepreneurs, and the chairman of Moonshots and Moneymakers. This is an Oxford Innovation Conference for American Entrepreneurs. Lewis, who is the author of the best-selling book, Brilliant, or Business Brilliant, which focuses on wealth-creating behaviors and attitudes for the new economy. His other books are The Armchair Millionaire, The Middle Class Millionaire, and The First Habit. And after selling two businesses, The Armchair Millionaire and MainStreet.com, to publicly traded companies, Lewis founded Inc. Magazine's Business Owner Council in 2010 and the membership organization for Inc. 5000 honorees. The presenters include really big names. These are former U.S. Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson and Howard Schultz of Starbucks, John Mackey of Whole Foods, Danny Meyer of Shake Shack, and Kip uh, Tyndall of the Container Store, as well as Deepak, Shup, uh, Deepak Chopra and uh, many others. So um, I got to tell you, Lewis hangs out with some pretty cool people. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the podcast, Lewis. We're so excited to have you on here. Now I get to hang out with you, Marcia. Yeah, right. The cool people. <laughs> For sure. So, um, so wow, you've, you've written a lot of books. You've had a lot of direction in helping business owners <laughs> to grow their business. Why did this, why is this so important to you? Well, a couple of reasons. One is, um, I find business, especially entrepreneurial businesses, to be like the most fun canvas, if you will, to figure out who who I am or who the entrepreneur is. I mean, I just think it's a gift to be able to, and this is what the first habit, the book I wrote, The First Habit's about, is that you discover the thing you're best at, and then you learn how to build a business around it. And you learn how to do that by figuring out what you're not good at. And that that is such a great human development process. So business lets me figure out who I am and let's, and I try to encourage the entrepreneurs I work with to do the same. And then the second thing is that entrepreneurial capitalism, starting companies that have 10 or 20 or hundred employees, um, they do great things in the world. I mean, they send their economic impact to, they trickle through to all the four corners of the world. They help lots of people who, who need help. And so we know that wherever um, capitalism thrives, uh, poverty is diminished. Mm-hmm. So the more we help capitalists do good capitalism, um, the more we're helping, for example, uh, people who have less access education, 
access health care. Uh, women and children suffer from less violence if in communities where capitalism thrives. So we're simultaneously using business as a human development process for ourselves, as well as kind of, uh, you know, helping saving the, the world. world. <laughs> saving the world. <laughs> I mean, capitalism hurts the world too, you know, don't get me wrong, but it, it has a, a great effect on humanity. Love it. You know, and I've always thought that, that we small business owners are the thriving part of the economy. You know, it's not the Amazons. Yeah, sure. But, you know, we're paying taxes, we're hiring jobs, we're doing all the important things, we being business owners. And, and it is really important that we continue to thrive. And so I, I love the I love the concept and the and the meaning behind why you're why you're doing this. Yeah. So you have some really fabulous schools and and programs that you teach in, and um, you know Oxford's a pretty cool place to to be and, cool. and be educated in. So so tell me about your course that you put on there. So um, just by contrast, the thing we're famous for at Birthing of Giants is called Birthing of Giants Fellowship Week. But to get into that program, you have to own a company with revenues between $5 million and $250 million. So um, Moonshots and Moneymakers is, came out of the incredible, almost unbelievable success we were having with Birthing of Giants students, where they were taking their businesses that might have been worth X. And then by the time we worked with them over a few years, it was worth 10 or 100X. And that, that process became more documentable. How do we do mm. it? But, you know, it's, again, only for owners of companies with five to 250 million. So Moonshots and Moneymakers, which we run at Oxford University in, in England, um, is for everybody. Okay. It's nice. for VPs of technology, CTOs, uh, owners, CEOs, uh, startup people. And it's everyone who wants to understand this phenomenon that's been taking place about how companies go from small to big. And big, meaning moonshots, right? This sort of big dream of, let's say, a billion-dollar company or more. And the methods work. I mean, we, we, we share them all, and it's just so much fun to talk about. And as you mentioned, to do it in Oxford, for anyone who hasn't been to Oxford, which is about, you know, a 1,000-year-old uh, education community, I, I know this is – nobody knows me listening to this, but I'm not this kind of person who would say this kind of thing. You feel 1,000 years' worth of thought when you wow. walk around Oxford. So when you're trying to figure out – how do you build a business or pivot your business from moneymaker to moonshot with a thousand years of thought behind you? You get there. You actually get wow. there. Wow. That's, I mean, that's impressive because, you know, there is energy around the world. We believe, I believe that, that there are uh, that energy from previous uh, visitors here still stays around you. And I can imagine that that's just super exciting to stay yeah. there. So, um, so, you can't teach everything in a week. And you mentioned that the fellowship week, you know, for your, for your high-end CEOs, but it takes years to, to work with them. So when you're talking about your moonshot um, program, is that, is that a long-term investment that you're coming in with? And it's, it's a period of a year or two that you're working or is so it a shorter our, program? No, both of our programs start off with a one week called, called the boot camp, if you will. Sure. The Birthing of Giants Fellowship Week kind of segues into something called the Gathering of Giants, where they keep mm. coming back twice a year. The Moonshots and Moneymakers program. So we partner with um, the Oxford Innovation Community. So about two of the days of five are seeing the technology coming out of the Oxford workshops and laboratories. Why is that important? Um, so on the one hand, we can share that, you know, quantum computing helped to decode coronavirus, and that was all mm. done at Oxford. So, you know, 
things like quantum computing, which we might read about, but we don't understand how they apply to our lives or our business, are actually taking place at Oxford. Also, in the, one of the facilities we do our work at, um, they just did something that apparently is the biggest thing ever. <laughs> they created an energy energy source that was hotter than the sun for five seconds. Wow. And the headlines around this, which you have to read, are like, the biggest thing ever just happened. And you know, I don't fully understand <laughs> it, I admit, but it happened where we are going to be like actually spending time. So why does that matter to me? Okay, so the story I love to tell is when we had a presenter at a, a past Moonshots and Moneymakers program, and he was talking about a robot that's destined for Mars. Again, what does that have to do with me? And right. the person in the audience who runs a janitorial services company made a joke. He said, yeah, but can the robot do corners? And everyone <laughs> kind of laughed. But the right. bottom line is by the end of that week, that business owner had had basically made deals around robotics that turned his janitorial services business into a much more profitable business than it was and made it much more valuable. So the job of Moonshots and Moneymakers is to put smart people in front of the very big ideas the people in the audience, the entrepreneurs, the CTOs, the CEOs that attend, it's their job to figure out how to apply it to their business. But we will lay out the template. We will lay out the opportunity. So I wish I could have said, oh, come to this Moonshots and Moneymakers conference because you're going to learn how you can put a robot on a, on a you know into your janitorial services business. But I didn't say that. I said, mm. come, expose yourself to the big ideas and big ideas will come from it. I love it. And I think that's what that's what all small businesses are doing, right? They've come up with this fantastic idea or this process or this way and they've got experience and then like we've said in the past is that they build this company around it. And but that's only one start. You have to start innovating and smoothing the process out and speeding the process up. And oftentimes that's done with, as you said, technology, finding the robot that can cut the corners or, or get in the corners, <laughs> or it's a way to get your product out faster, or it's a way to have your product become better, product or service um, become yeah. better. And that's really important for, for, for all companies is that innovation. And I think that's the underlying methodology that you're teaching, right? Right. And technology, it, it would be totally wrong to say, oh, you must be talking about software or hardware. Right. Technology is a very big word. It's the Greek word is technique. You know, it's based mm -hmm. on a very big idea. And um, I love to tell the story of somebody that uh, I've interviewed in the past who ran a meat wholesaling business and her business became way more valuable when she learned how to cut up the cow to get even more meat out of it. And mm. that's technology, cutting up a right. cow in a new way. But, the, but in order to do that, she had to develop an entire direct to consumer business because her meat wholesaling business to the restaurant world didn't want those cuts of meat. So when she discovered that she could get these other pieces of meat out of the cow, that was the technology. But then she had to build a totally different distribution site process channel right. to get it to individuals who are happy to buy that meat. And sure. so it was, by the time she was done, her company was worth way, way, way more. And it all started with looking at the cow differently. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's important because you can do it, as you said, whether you're a janitorial company or a meat a processing, butcher. a, butcher, a yeah. butcher, or whether you're a dentist or a chiropractor or a, yes. you know, an attorney, it's how do you get through all of those, all of the research faster, right? right. There's got to be ways that if you just think 
as my favorite, favorite line outside the box, you know, you can find bigger, better, faster ways to do it. And we I talk think to money once, makers. Yeah. That's, uh, what, we that's do. what I was going to say. That's how you, that's how you become, what did you call it? You called it the unicorn, right? Uh-huh. A business right. that a private company that's valued at over a billion dollars. that's growing quickly. Wow. And that's, and that's what we should all be considering. Whether we're a mom and pop on Main Street or we're a big company trying to grow, you must grow or right. you're dying. There's, there's no middle of the road. If you, even if you're standing still, you're technically dying. So right. businesses need to grow. And I love this idea of innovation to do that. So um, tell us some more about different ideas maybe um, that would spark some ideas for, for us everyday folks and how we could put innovation into work. Give us some more ideas. Well, you know, what you're going to hear, we really break this down to its parts in the program. And so the parts are, forget the word technology, okay? Just put it out of your mind. What is it that's going to make your business have one or two, and ideally both of these qualities? One, a bigger audience, Mm -hmm. okay? You might serve a, a community or a region. You know, how do you serve the country? How do you serve the world? Mm-hmm. Two, how do you increase your gross margins? Okay, now take a business we all know, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook, its addressable audience is everybody in the world with, a, with an internet connection. Mm-hmm. And its gross margins are something like 85 to 90%, 88, 89, crazy number. Crazy, right. crazy number. So why is Facebook valued so highly? Because of those two things. Those two things mm-hmm. make it valuable. It happens to have used technology to achieve it. But if your business serves a state, how do we figure out how your business can serve five states? Mm. If your business has a profit, mar- a gross profit margin of, of 50%, how can we get it to 60%? That's the conversation. And you will Just find- Just little steps. Yeah. And when you go from one state to five states and from 50 to 60%, the value of your business hasn't increased by some percentage. It's It actually has increased by one and two and three and five X. Yeah. And so- then you say, well, how would I do that? And then you probably are going to end up at technology. But that's sort of the second thing. The first is you have to understand how money flows through your business and how mm-hmm. enterprise value is created in your business. I love it. And it is so important. I preach this every single day. You have two values in your business. You have the revenue that generates in your business, and then you have the asset or the value of the company. Mm-hmm. So many small bo- business owners are only living for the revenue and forget right. that they're building a potential asset right. that could be, should be thought of being sold someday in the future. Yeah. So yeah. I think that this is uh, this is an incredible conversation to, to elevate that and get people thinking about the value of the company and, and what it means for them. Right. And it could mean more, more jobs in your community. It could be, you know, more, more, um, more pay in your pocket, you know, if you're, if you're self-centered. Yeah. Well, we talk about, you know, the sort of three dimensions of an entrepreneur. The one is what they tell the world and they tell the world that, you know, that they want to have an impact on the world or they want to have an impact in their employees' lives or their industry. And that's real. And then the, the sort of second thing is what they might tell their friends, you know, which is like, I love being the boss. It's great to be my own boss. I get, you know, I have control over my desk. Look at my car. Yeah. Right. And then, there, well, then there's the one that they only tell themselves, which is I want a nicer car. Right, right. <laughs> you know? And so you've got all three of those personalities and they're all, they're all present, of course, but um, you know, they're, they're all, they're all part of what drives us to essentially it's called enlightened self-interest. I mean, we all do things in, for some reason for, for that would be defined as self-interest. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's human nature, right? Yeah. You know, and innovation it, it, comes it, out of that. The world changes out of that. Uh, a colonoscopy didn't exist until somebody said, I'd like to invent something that does that. And now it's a essential medical procedure. I mean, mm. you know, you start out by saying, I want to, I want to be an innovator. Or I want to be the smartest guy in the room, but you could end up changing the world for the better. Yeah. And, and the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. You know, you want to bring people in that have different ideas in different directions for you. So, um, so where does someone, um, so if we can't make it to, to um, your program in, um, <clears throat> in Cambridge, and we're looking for ideas and places to look where we can improve our processes and we can improve our services, where do you think the, the smaller micro, micro Main Street type company would go looking for innovations? Well, uh, <laughs> glad you asked that. We just created a site that we launched recently called How I Did It. Oh, cool. Pretty much what it sounds like. It's, it's, <laughs> it's explainer videos. It's 30-minute videos where I interview some of the most amazing entrepreneurs, and they go through sort of the birth to growth process and all the decisions they made along the way. Mm. Um, we call them case studies, and, and, and they're all done in video format. So birthingofgiants.com slash How I Did It, and that's free. Um, and Love that's, it. you know, that's a really great resource for somebody who can't, who isn't ready to kind of physically get to put themselves in the room with these people. Sure. Sure. But we, as, as entrepreneurs, we have to constantly be educating ourselves and improving how we do things. We can't just live in our office and expect the world to come to us. We have to go out and learn and educate, which is one of my core values is I'm always learning and always trying to find something new and interesting that can keep the excitement going in my practice and in my clients' practices to, uh, to grow. And um, I think that we should all like, you know, if, if you're a licensed or credentialed um, business person, you have a continuing education that you have to go through and they tend right. to be very dry and boring. Well, why not have some sort of continuing education where you're learning from experts and giants right. on how that they increased well, and our programs um, are actually certificated. <laughs> There's, our programs are actually certificated. I mean, you know, we are associated with the Norm Brodsky College of Business outside of Ryder University. So there actually is a credential that comes with our, our program. Um, nice. That's from a 165-year-old university. That's fantastic. And, and it's, it's important. It's important. So what are some of the topics that you're teaching in those? So if, if, if I was listening to Howard Schultz on how he grew Starbucks, that might not apply to my to my law practice, or it may apply to my cleaning practice. Right, um, right. I mean, I think that there's a truth that businesses have a lot in common, and that they every business really becomes what we call a financial factory. You put money and people in at the front, and out comes money called profit. And you know, the steps inside the, that financial factory are all up to us as entrepreneurs, as as owners. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, for sure. I think there's a lot to be learned from Howard Schultz about how he built Starbucks. You know, um, it, 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 there's so much to be learned from all these individuals. Um, and in, in the Oxford program, Moonshots and Moneymakers, we basically go, go through, I mean, honestly, I believe anyone who sits through that week is going to say, I, even if they don't think they could create a, a, a moonshot, everyone who goes through that week is going to say, I didn't realize how close I was to building a moonshot. I was this wow. close and, really? I, and I, I can decide and I'll tell you what they have to decide, but I can decide if I want to go moonshot or not. Um, what they have to decide is whether they want to invite more people under the tent. Mm. Okay. Because a moonshot is going to be valued at various stages along the way. So let's just say you build it up to $10 million and now you want to raise 
$5 million to help you grow it. Well, evaluation takes place. What's this business mm-hmm. worth, right? Because if someone's going to give you $5 million and they say, and I want 10% of the company, that means they're valuing the company at $50 million, right. 10%. And then uh, they cl- they'll keep doing this over and over again. And so what happens is new, new people, new money comes in. And it's pretty straightforward what they do. They create something called a board of directors. And you may be the owner of that company, but you really become the CEO of that company and you actually work for the board of directors. You still own a chunk of it, but you are actually an employee now. And so I would say, again, two things will go through your mind. One is, I had no idea I was this close to building a billion dollar company. I could do this. The second will be, do I want to do this? Am I ready to be a CEO of a company with a board of directors that they fly in from all over the country because they've written big checks and they want to know what's happening with the business? Am I ready to be accountable to all of them? And a lot of entrepreneurs say no, and that's fine. And then they will build really good uh, moneymaker businesses that could be worth a lot of money, but you will so, you know, and who cares, right? If you sell your business for $100 million because you built a, a really good moneymaker or you sell your business for a billion dollars because you built a great moonshot, who cares? I mean, but but some people do care. Some people say, I want to build the moonshot. Or or they say, I don't want to be another, you know, employee to the company that I created. Or yeah. you hear that fearful story of the guy that... Um, brings in investors and pretty soon he's no longer CEO. He got fired from his own company, you know, and those are the fears I think that would come in and the fear of growing big. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. can I, can I dream big enough? And that's another limiting belief that holds business owners back as like, Oh, I can't. Oh, I shouldn't. The story of star Wars, (laughs) which is also mimicked in a lot of other movies is, is the story. So, it's basically this unknown person, Luke Skywalker, or, or we're the unknown people, we're unknown entrepreneurs. And then we, and what Luke Skywalker does is in the first sort of 30 minutes of the movie is he saves Princess Leia. And he's now regarded as a hero amongst the, uh, amongst that community. And he gets his fancy sash and he's sort of like an important person. And he could have stopped there. That's like a person who builds a 10 or $20 million business says that was really hard. That's a great thing to do. But then the movie would have ended after the first half hour. <laughs> what happens is that actually the, 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 someone's got to go and take on the Death Star, which has this like one little flaw in it that if they can hit it, they can blow it up. This, and, this once in a lifetime shot, right? Right. And so Luke Skywalker doesn't have to volunteer to be in that part of it because he's already a hero. He's the one who says, I'm going to go for it. And then he becomes the Uber hero. So, you know, who are we, right? You could, you could stop at the $10 million business and say, this was great. I'm very happy. I earn a million dollars a year. I love everything I've created. Or you could say, I'm going to take, I'm going to roll the dice and take this $10 million company and try and turn it into a billion dollar company. It's called the hero's journey. In every book you've ever read, there Mm -hmm. are moments where the hero has to say, I'm either happy with what I've created or I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to go for bigger. And that's a decision every entrepreneur gets to make on their own. I love it. Love it. And it's an important one, whether it is expanding to a second store or it's hiring people on. These are all little steps in that gigantic hero journey whether you're going from a million to a billion or you're going from a hundred to a million, Um, you know, there are those variations in there and you're still going to have to answer those questions and step up. I think, I think an entrepreneur has a calling, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they've come from the companies or their education or, you know, that, that guy he worked for, she worked for, and they have this calling. I can do it. I can do it better, but they have to keep that calling going. 
Yeah. Right. And to I the point that feels right to them. To the point well, that feels it, right to them. In a way, but yes, if 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 you're not continuing that calling, then oftentimes you're stuck in that downward spiral because again, if you're not going up, you're actually going down. There's no right. middle road in business. So how do you I mean I think they need to keep that flowing going, I need to go to the next step, or maybe they should step out and let the next person come in and sell the business. Yeah. And then that other person can take it to the next level. Well, I wrote a book called The First Habit, which is all about figuring out what your language is, you know, in business, for example. And then how do you how do you take that to its natural conclusion? In other words, if you're really good at something. I'm really good at asking questions. I write this in the book about, you know, how I love asking questions. And that's why I love interviewing people like you do. Um, And, uh, you know, I've built a business around it. It's called a school. And so it's called Birthing a Giants. Now I'm building. Schools aren't teaching you something. They're asking you to think about it, right? Right. I love it. And now I'm starting my own my own unicorn, which is called Perfect EDU. It's an education technology business. And so it's designed to be a moonshot. It's designed to be a very big company. So, you know, in either instance, whether you're talking about birthing a giants or you're talking about Perfect EDU, um, I've taken my skill set, which is asking questions and applied it to two different business models. And so that's our job. Everyone's job is to do that. And then you maximize it. So if I'm fortunate enough to hit my marks on perfect EDU and it becomes a billion dollar this or that, we'll say that that was great. That was a wonderful outcome. I'm also very thrilled that I get to run Birthing a Giants Fellowship Program where we teach these concepts to everybody because it's, it's grounded in that same quality of mine. So we each have to figure out what that quality is in us, that entrepreneurial mm-hmm. quality, and then we take that opportunity and we, we make it as big as possible. Love it. So important. I think we should all be reading that book. And figuring out truly what our position in the in the world in in our company is. Yeah. <clears throat> many many come in and they they stay in the technician role, right? Where they're where they're either counting the 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 beans or they're you know sure. swinging the hammer, or they elevate to that quote leadership role. But that's not. I mean, there are still skills that there are other roles that can be done within the company that the owner and leader can be in and thrive in. Yeah. I mean, I need someone who just loves to do their job working for me. And I also need people who think big working for me. I need them both. They're both valuable. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. So we've talked about some really fantastic stuff here, you know, creating growth and changing the mindset that we're doing, getting that education. We talked a little bit about technology and, and how it's not necessarily the computer technology, but it is innovative technology that needs to be done. And I know that there's many, many places that one can learn about technology and innovation. And I think that, um, you know, your program sounds amazing. If someone were interested in attending um, your your moonshots uh, and moneymakers, I keep trying to say that backwards. That's why I'm not calling it out and I'm leaving it out to you because I want to flip it around. But where would someone find out more about your program and where they can um, maybe attend? Yeah. So birthingofgiants.com slash moonshots and moneymakers or from from birthingofgiants.com, you can find out about our highest level program, which is the fellowship program for owners (laughs) of companies with revenues between 5 million and 250 million. You could find out about moonshots and moneymakers, which is happening this August at uh, Oxford University in UK. And you can also sign up for How I Did It, which is our free video site. Uh, you can do all of that from birthingofgiants.com. And it's all 
it, it all takes the this like big ideas and, and reduces it to a few. So what, what do I do next? I mean, that's the only mm-hmm. thing that matters. It's called the zone of proximal development. What do we do yeah. next? What's the next proximal thing I have to do to continue my journey? And yeah. entrepreneurs have to learn what they need to do next. And that's mm-hmm. everything you need to do at Birthing a Giants. Love it. And it, that is so true. You know, you have this, uh, what do they call it? A hairy audacious goal that you're achieving, but there's steps that get you there. Yes. And you, you oftentimes only need to worry about the next one or two ahead of you right. and nail those before the next one or two open up ahead of you again. I like that. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Wow. This was fantastic. I mean, so much information and so many really good ideas. Um, definitely going to check it out, see if I can maybe attend in August. I think that would be fun. Um, but listeners, I hope you found an idea or two that you can put into your business um, that will help you become more profitable. I think, um, I think what Lewis suggests and really you know, adding some innovative ideas into your company, looking on how you can, as you said, you know, look at it, how to increase the revenue. And um, what was the second thing that the, the you size of your audience, the size, size of, of your audience, right? We're always looking for the ideal client, but maybe that ideal client is in the next state or in the next country. And you can expand that way. And I think that those are just really fantastic tools that we should be looking at on, on our practice on a daily basis. So I hope this was helpful. Um, I know it was for me. Really got Thanks, really got the morning going. Um, so now, uh, as a reminder, now more than ever, it's important to build your business like you want to sell it. Uh, don't forget to register for my free uh, new training. It's uh, only 30 minutes on how to get your business sale ready. And it's even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet, there are tons of benefits to having a sale-ready business. Go register for free at scale2sell.biz. That's scale2, the number two, B-I-Z. You don't want to miss this class. Uh, We'd love to hear, Lewis and I would love to hear your ideas on innovation. Um, Tell us what you might be doing and share in the comments and we will respond back. Love to hear your questions and and ideas. So also don't forget to subscribe to today's show. We'd love to uh, have you on next week's show. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with it. Thanks so much, Liz. Thank you, Marcia.